This is episode 24 of the Just Get Started podcast, and my guest today is motivational speaker, mindset coach, and golf hosting specialist, Christina LaCour. Let's get it started. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people from all across the globe, from all walks of life, but all really have that fire in their belly that they want to do something a little bit more. Now, they may love their job and, and absolutely love going to work every day. That's awesome. But they may want to do like a little side hustle to earn some extra cash or maybe to meet new people or get new experiences or whatever it may be. Um, it could be to get in the best shape of their life because they've been neglecting it for 12 years. I don't know. Um, could just be that they want to start their own business. Um, so, you know, they have that entrepreneurial spirit and they now want to go out on their own and, and try something totally different. The whole point is that you need a lot of new experiences to be able to kind of get to that next step. You can't just be sitting in status quo each and every day. You know, I talk about getting that 1% better. So how do you do that? Well, a lot of the time it's just kind of going through and having failures and learning from them. One of the things you guys will be able to take away from these episodes is that folks that have already been through their journey or are going through it, and a lot of the stories and insights that they have may help you navigate the waters a little bit differently to help you kind of really get ahead of the game. Um, so I think you guys will not only have some great philosophical insight, but some practical knowledge um, that you can take away from each and every one of these episodes. So I really want to mention something today prior to us getting into the episode with Christina LaCour, because she tells this great story. Um, probably wasn't great at the time when it happened, but a story of failure with the LPGA Tour qualifying school. But it kind of made me take a step back and look at a lot of failures over my life, um, whether they were very small or, or bigger ones. And what I started to realize um, is that a lot of the failures come from negative self-talk. It was, I didn't think I could do it prior, and therefore I didn't accomplish it when I was in the moment. And a lot of the times that I have accomplished things, it's because of the positivity and because I thought I could do it. I had that confidence. So whether that's a big meeting you have with a client or something like that from, from a business standpoint, or think about if you're in the gym, this is a great example. You know, I think about with CrossFit now, sometimes we'll do these max reps um, or max weight, excuse me, one rep max. And when I go into it very confident that I think I could pull it off, I generally do. It's when I, I go into it without thinking that as much. I don't have the confidence because I've never done that weight before. And maybe it's not my, you know, maybe it's like a back squat. It's not my strongest uh, movement. I generally have trouble uh, accomplishing it. So I want you guys to think about your own life and some of those things that maybe could help you build to that next phase, that next journey you're going to is how do we improve our self-talk and make it more positive? and take away a lot of that negativity, a lot of that crap um, that gets in our minds that says we can't do it, why not? Why can we not do it? So it's because we think we can't do it and prior to ever having it. It was kind of you know the quote I used with um, Dr. Zach Long a couple episodes ago. You know, we, we suffer most often in imagination than in reality. We always try to have this negativity of what's going to happen instead of actually being positive of what could happen. So... I'll leave you with a quote um, because I think it was something that probably changed the way I looked at golf when I grew up and was playing the game. It made me, I think, you know, putting was by far the best part of my game. It may be a great putter, 
because I heard this quote from Jack Nicholas, who's one of the greatest golfers of all time. He said something along the lines of, I never missed a putt in my mind. So if you can imagine, you know, Nicholas standing over a putt is he thought he could make everything. And that's the approach I took to putting. I thought I could make everything. Now, I wish I took that to other parts of my game. But over putting, when I'm standing over the ball, I think I can make everything. And that frees your stroke up. That makes you more confident. And ultimately, you probably have a better chance of making those putts, even the more difficult ones with some pressure on the line. So it's something I think, you know, is a good takeaway as we go into the episode today. What's that self-talk when you get in not only just difficult situations, but situations that maybe are uncomfortable or situations you haven't been in before? Are you going to be confident? Are you going to be positive? Or are you going to let self-talk of negativity creep in? It's a big choice to make, but if you can be positive prior, man, there's a great opportunity that you can improve on what you've done before or accomplish something that you never had. So anyways, that's a great transition into the episode today with Christina LaCour. She is a mindset coach, a motivational speaker. Um, she does a lot of you know golf uh, hosting or hospitality, you can say, um, in terms of different charity events that she hosts and, and works with a lot of different foundations and Fortune 500 companies and the like. So she used a lot of her experiences from golf um, early in her career when she was an All-American um, and transitioned and obviously trying to play professionally. Her experiences on the big break, which was a reality show on the Golf Channel, to now doing what she's doing. So really neat interview with her. Um, she shared a lot of uh, personal stuff, a lot of good insight um, that I think could help everyone uh, listening today. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview today with Christina LaCour. Let's get it started. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is great. You know, I'm I'm always excited to have, you know, different folks on that, you know, from different backgrounds. And it's really unique how this podcast has grown where, you know, I got recommended by you from where I, I didn't come across you before where someone recommended said, hey, you got to you got to check out Christina. She's doing some really cool stuff. And after I did, well, I didn't realize we'll get into this later, but I, I remember you from the big break, actually, now that I think about it. Um, but anyways, we'll get into that down the road. Um, That's so funny. But the so anyways, let's start here, because um, generally what I like to do here is start back because one of the things for just get started, I think a lot of folks, especially early on, they don't know how to take the first step. They're, they're not sure. And, and a lot of times I say, hey, pull back from maybe your past and things that you learned or gained knowledge of in, in, in yesteryear, so to speak, whether it's childhood, adolescence and things that may help propel you. And I'm curious when I was reading your story that um, and, and maybe you can share this. So you know, tell us a little bit about kind of growing up because you came from a golf family, but yet you didn't play until well later on um, growing up. So I'm kind of curious of that dynamic, how that was in the household and just to kind of start the conversation maybe there with your upbringing and then we'll, we'll kind of take it on a few tangents. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I feel like my whole life has been uh, a very unplanned and just getting started, but um, yeah, no, it's, pretty funny so yeah I definitely I grew up in Canada I grew up in a golfing family um, my dad played for years both of my brothers played since they were in diapers and I was kind of like oh no that's not for me and I was always kind of in the in the side hustle we were just talking about side hustles and um, I was always like cleaning clubs and like finding golf balls and working in the golf shop and doing all those kind of things like I literally grew up on a golf course but I didn't start 
um, I started working at a few different golf courses and I learned pretty quick that I've always been, a, you know, a tomboy, huge athlete. And um, the guys after work used to go play golf. Well, I never played golf because I was like, oh, that's not for me, dad. I'm good. Let the boys do it. I have two brothers. And so I, they always did it. But then when I started working in the at the golf course, when you know, when your shift was over, everyone went to go play golf. And I was like, well, this isn't fun. I don't get to hang out. So I started playing golf when I was like 18. I got really good, really fast. I've always been um, not naturally talented in anything, but I've always had a very hard work ethic. And so I started playing golf when I was 18. I won the first three golf tournaments I ever played in. And at 21, I got a full, uh, uh, almost a full scholarship to Central Arkansas. Moved down here about 16 years ago now played in college um I was uh I was horrible um my first pretty much year or first semester at least uh the last three years I was really good I won five times I was an all-american I turned professional right after um college because that's what I was told I was supposed to do it's like okay you're good at this this is what you should do you're going to be famous and you know this is what you should do you're good at it and so that's what I started doing I started playing pro golf on the mini tours my first time going to Q school um I made it the final stage I like basically talked myself out of a card but that basically comes down to what I do now which is more of the mindset work and but uh, during that time you talked about the big break and so right after um I didn't even know what the big break was and for those who are listening that don't it's, it was a reality show on the golf channel it did really well it was on for like 25 seasons or something I was actually on two seasons of the big break. So I did that. And then um, I was playing mini tour golf for about three years. And truthfully, it wasn't what I wanted to do is what I was told I should do. It was what I was supposed to do it was what I thought the only option for me was. Um, but during that time, I had a little bit of notoriety from the big break and I had was a local company offered um, pay me like $500 to come out and um, hit golf shots at their at their corporate golf tournament. And at the time, $500 was a lot of money. So I was like, well, this is amazing. Let me go to that. And so I started interacting with their clients on the tee. And one thing led to another. And I started doing a few of those um, in the last year that I was playing professionally full time. And then I was kind of like, wait a minute, this is what I truly love. Like, I love business. I love people. And I like, you know, creating those connections on the golf course. And so that's really what I started to hustle on for you know, pretty much about after playing full time for about three years, I started getting into the corporate and charity golf scene. And I was at the time I was like, you're talking about just getting started. Like no one, no one was doing what I was doing full time. Um, and so I thought, well, this isn't a real job, but you know, fast forward now, 10 years later, about three years ago, I was doing 40 corporate and charity golf events a year. I've raised over a million dollars for charity. I have um, billionaires that are clients, CEOs that are clients. So it's a, it's pretty amazing really what you can do when you find out what you're good at and work really hard at it. Well, that's really interesting. So and I want to put a pin in that for a second because I definitely want to come yeah. back to, to, to that spot. But I did want to go back to the when you started playing the game. Do you yeah. remember – what because you said hey i'd i'd worked at golf courses you know your your father and your brothers played and 
do, do you remember, was there a specific like conversation or something you saw? What was it when you were 18 that like, all right, fine, I'm going to play. Let me go try this. Like, do you remember that time um, and what happened that put yeah. you over the edge? I just was at the golf course. I used to work like I was the, one of the very first I if I was the very first girl to ever work in the back shop, you know, where they clean the clubs and put the clubs away and stuff like that. I was the very first girl to do that. I mean, I remember I wasn't even old enough to drive my own car. So I was either 14 or 15 years old. I used to get dropped off there and I was, you know, working in the back shop and hanging out. And then I was playing softball at the time. I think I remember that. Well, then I quit softball. And then when I was 18 the, the summer I turned 18 I remember working in in inside the pro shop I kind of got the upgrade I was working in the golf shop as kind of like an assistant professional and I remember the guys were always going to play golf after and I was totally left out and I had nothing else that I was doing because I had quit softball and so I uh, said you know I maybe I'll just do this thing and so you know I, I obviously I had clubs around me and so I grabbed, you know, a set of clubs or asked my dad for some of his old ones or whatever. And I used to go out and just bang balls and we had privileges at a nice course. So that summer, that's what I decided to do. Well, then the next summer I moved golf courses. And at the time I was working in the bar industry at night and the golf course during the day. And I, you know, when you work in the bar industry, you make pretty decent money, especially for an 18 year old. And so I had enough money to play in these money games and the golf professional there where I was working said, okay, yeah, you can play, but you got to put in the money just like the rest of them. So I had the cash to put in, you know, a hundred or $200 or whatever it was that it costed. And I remember that is what, and you know, now what I do now is I'm a, you know, mindset coach or, um, you know, motivational speaker, whatever you got, whatever you want to label me that I am now, I'm just basically into the mind and how you control your life by your mind. And um, one of the things I coach now is talking, one of the most important things I believe is who you surround yourself with. And I truly do believe one of the reasons why I got so good so fast in golf was the fact that I started hanging around and playing golf with people who were so much better than me. The only reason that they let that they let me to play, they allowed me to play is because I had the money, I had the time, and I was able to kind of hang. Like I wasn't going to make any excuses for why I was bad. I didn't ask for any special privileges. I just put up my money, took my ribbons for, you know, the first however long I played. And um, I just started associating and hanging out with people who were really good. And I got really good really fast because it's really hard to stay at your level when you're hanging around with people and playing with people who are so much better than you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I kind of different story, but similar in terms of hanging around with people that are better on the golf course. And, you know, my game was that meant shaky throughout my career, but anyways, similar where you get better when you're playing, because you, obviously you want to say, Hey, not only what they're doing, but I got to keep up to that level. It's just same mentality, right? If, you know, Tiger's out there playing with someone and he's shooting 64, you know, they're going to probably play a little bit better potentially. Uh, maybe not Tiger's not the good example because he shakes people up. But anyways, um, <laughs> you know, another player that's playing while you feed off those opponents, um, Absolutely. I guess. Well, I'm just, I'm just curious. This is really a side tangent, but what yeah. was, what was the first, the first score you ever recorded? Do you remember what that was? And then how, when was the, how far, I guess, between the delta between that and when you shot, you know, scratch or shot par? So the first summer I played, I was probably in the hundreds. And I know I broke 90 
190 and 80 in the first summer. The next summer is when I broke 80 and broke par. Going to college was the first time I'd ever shot in the 60s. So it took me probably five years to shoot in the 60s. But I, the very first golf tournament I ever played, I think I shot, I, I know I won. I don't remember. It was 2002. So that was, you know, 16 years ago, half my life, well, more than half my life. But um, uh, that was a long time ago. So I can't remember exactly what the scores were, but I do know that I shot, I think like one or two under par. I know that I shot under par, so I don't remember what it was. And it wasn't in the 70s. So or it wasn't in the 60s. So it was probably, you know, two under something like that, one or two under all in this second summer I ever played. Well, so I want to fast forward because I do want you made you made a comment there and you, you sort of breeze by it a little bit around the the LPGA tour qualifying and yeah. and the was it a hiccup? Well, you you mentioned some mental error. Can you share that story? My, and yeah, absolutely. I truly so now you know I do corporate and charity golf events. I've, I'm doing uh, less of those and more. Uh, motivational speaking, mindset coaching, one-on-one coaching, because, you know, during about six years ago is really when I decided that I was extremely unhappy and I was the only person going to change my life. And if I, I had two options, I could continue to think the way I was thinking, or I could figure out how to be happy and what I needed to do um, in order to do that. So I've always worked hard, but I wasn't educating myself. And so going back to Q school in 2000, I think it was Christmas of 2009 or 10 would have, uh, I think it would have been 2009. The last time I went to seven, eight, nine. Yeah. 2009. Um, the very first time I went was in 2007 Q school. And I think I was I don't know what exactly I shot, but I was like within the top 20. And at the time in 2007, I think like the top 50 got cards. And I was well within that at the time. And I remember going into my room specifically. I remember what the like the apartment I rented even looked like. And I had played the first three rounds. It was five rounds. And I remember going into my room after the third round and literally probably speaking it out loud. But I know I was telling myself no one Christina gets their card on their first time especially a girl who's only been playing golf for like I don't know what it had been for seven years no one does that you're not going to get your card it's not going to happen like literally Christina this this is is this is going to blow up just know that it's going to blow up this isn't what's supposed to happen I literally remember telling myself that fast forward now you know however many years it is, you know, 11, 12 years later, I am the people, I am the person who now coaches people who are like me, but I specifically believe that you create your own reality. And I created my own reality, missing the card on that day. There's no reason in the world why I shouldn't have been able to shoot the scores that I shot on the first three days on the last two days but I talked myself out of it because of fear and I believe that everything is based out of love or fear everything and so I was fearful of what would happen had I not got my car what I was going to do what people were going to say what people were going to think what I was going to do for the rest of my life blah 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 so I talked myself into shooting whatever I shot and missed my card by one stroke so 
that's exactly what happened. And I believe that you create your reality in life, whatever you focus in on, whether it's the negative or the positive is actually what is going to occur in your life. And I believe I created the reality of not getting my card. I know that I created the reality of not getting my card. Do you think it was a, was it a fear of success? Like of actually like, Hey, I'm going to do this potentially. And so you, you try to coax yourself into the, you know, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to do this to, to pet. Have you looked back on that and reflected? Like, do you think that was it? Cause I talk with, I remember talking with a sports psychologist years ago and it was around this whole notion of the fear of success, not fear of failure, but fear of success that what would it look like if you did achieve that where people didn't expect it? I'm curious. I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Yeah. No, and I love that. I love that mentality because I think that that was too. But I think myself, it was so fearful out of the the what if. It was so fearful of what would happen, you know, if I did not succeed that I created not succeeding. Like, I do believe that there is a lot of people like that that are so afraid of their own successes that they hold themselves hold themselves back but I think in that instant it was so much fear of it was just so much fear that I was like not good enough to be there and that I'd almost like faked my way through four years of college and a summer of playing professionally yeah well obviously that i'm assuming that has helped you in terms of helping other people so that i mean obviously sometimes the the failures that aren't good are are you know lessons learned for for others maybe that don't make those similar similar mistakes um let me ask you this yeah Um, no question yeah and and the point because i want to get into some of your your um the stuff you're doing with the mastermind classes and those type of things in a minute but i'm actually curious to you you mentioned something earlier as well about you were kind of playing now again, you probably enjoyed playing, but in terms of going, trying for the LPGA tour, um, it was almost like others maybe were the ones that were trying to craft that. When, when did you feel, or I guess I'm trying to think of the best way to ask is like, when did you realize like, Hey, you know what? I have to craft my own path. This is not really what I'm truly passionate about. Can you take us back maybe to that time of, of what the struggle was? What were you feeling um, and then ultimately, how did you overcome that to say, hey, I want to go on this path instead of the one that I was currently on? Yeah, I think one of the reasons why I played for as long as I did was the fact that like everyone said that this is what you're supposed to do. You're good at it. You're going to be famous. You're going to play golf on tour. This is everyone's dream. Well, the problem was it wasn't my dream. The problem was is that I tied my worth to what I did. I tied who I was to playing golf, how I looked, how much money I made, how smart I was. And I think that that's the biggest issue that most people have and why I'm so passionate now about talking to other athletes and making them realize, too, that their worth as a human being has nothing to do with how they play sport, how they look, how much money they make. You know, I am very blessed that in my career I've been playing with, you know, CEOs and Fortune 500 company executives and just everyday people. And the thing is, is that I am able to like one of my biggest strengths and one of the things I love the most is connecting with other human beings on a human level. And I think that like, I've been able to learn so much from other humans. And one of the things that I've been able to learn and that I've been able to preach to other people, and especially like, you know, there's athletes and CEOs that believe that like what they do is who they are. And when you can actually connect with someone and make them have that aha moment that really at the end of the day, 
they are worthy and they are like totally fine just as they are. And like knowing that you can be happy and detach yourself from what you do is like the reason why I do what I do. And when people have those moments and they actually get it and they know that they know that they know, you know, I use that quite a bit. I mean, it's just, it's lightning in a bottle because you no longer are doing something out of fear and out of like supposed to, as opposed to doing something out of love and that you enjoy and that brings you life. It's just a completely different way of vibrating. And I feel like when people understand that, it's like you can never go back to doing what you have done before. And how did the transition go from, you, you mentioned, I think you got paid us a little amount to go do some, you know, from a goal. But like, how did you transition? Say, how am I, I'm actually going to do this for a living and make money at it and, and try to you know, be successful at it. Um, did you have any any mentors that help you out in the guidance that were maybe um, golf personalities or just maybe, you know, on air personalities themselves that kind of maybe give you some insight or anything of that nature that helped you out? Or was it you just kind of went rogue and picked up the pieces as you went along? You know, it's kind of a combination of both. I've been very blessed that I've been able to work with some high profile people. But like I said before, like I was one of the only people and still am really the only person that actually did this as a full time gig. And I think that, you know, I started out by doing one event locally for like $500 and thought it was the greatest thing ever. But I think, you know, I have a course called commandingyourworth.com where you, and you know, I'd give you, I'll give your listeners a discount as well. Just be 2018. You can put that down in the show notes, but I believe that like one of the things that has been, a, that I've been able to go from making $500 event to five figures in event is the fact that I know the value that I bring and I know my worth in what I do. I mean, you know, when you're confident in what you do, you don't have to negotiate on your price. You don't have to negotiate on who you spend time with. You don't have to negotiate on, you know, your relationships. There's so much that happens when you're confident. And, you know, I believe confidence. I speak on confidence a lot. And I believe confidence is the, the courage to show up and also to do the work. And the more work that you put in, but not just work, but just being yourself and being authentically yourself and knowing that you're willing to put in the work each and every single day that builds confidence i don't believe most people are like born with confidence you know i was called the intimidator in college and i'll tell you that a lot of times in college i didn't i did not have that much confidence but the fact that i was like willing to invest in myself willing to show up and do the work that built confidence and that's one of the things that i think is super super important for people to realize is that like the more that you invest in yourself, whether that is like classes, seminars, coaches, books, podcasts, not only just learning, but also doing the work, but also to knowing that you're worth it. I mean, those three things become like the trifecta. And once you have all those three things, it's like nonstop. And then, and then it comes down to the point of it's your choice. Like, what you choose to react to, what you choose each and every single day of whatever is put in front of you. I mean, you know, there's every single thing is a choice and how you react is a choice. And what, and my thought process is always, and it doesn't mean it's easy, A, and it doesn't mean I always do it properly. I am like completely flawed. Like if you follow me on Instagram, I am very authentic. I'm very vulnerable. 
And I'm the first person to say, like, I do not have all my, I don't know if we can cuss on this podcast, but I do not have all my shit together. But one of the things that I do believe is like, I am vulnerable and I am authentic and I am willing to do the work and I'm willing to choose whatever one brings me to my highest vibration. I don't always do it, but I know that I'm choosing not to do that. And that's my choice. But I always want to be, I always want to make the decision that allows me to be the best version of myself. Well, and you, and you talked, actually, this is maybe a good transition. You talked about, again, whether it's podcasts or, or continuing learning and gaining that knowledge. Is there certain, I don't know if it's books that you would recommend or things that you listen to that you would encourage the listeners to, you know, go out that's been helpful for you? Anything that you would recommend um, oh my for gosh, them? The list. The list is a laundry list. I mean, I could give you whatever you're into. I mean, I encourage people direct message me all the time. And I like, I'm more than happy. I try to respond. I get, you know, at this point in time, I probably get between 50 and 60 text message or direct messages a day. And I'm more than happy to pass on information on what it is that someone's lacking. You know, if it's confidence, I can pass on some books. If it's, you know, worth, I can pass on some books. If it's, you know, feeling better about your your um, appearance, I can pass on some information, but podcasts that like are totally that I'm digging at the moment, Ed Milet, Tony Robbins, Lewis Howes, Mel Robbins, um, you know, those are some of the biggest ones that I listen to right now at this juncture. If you're talking about money mindset, and I believe that like we all need a money mindset shift, even if you come from a great money mindset, it's always helpful to be learning. I came from a very crappy money mindset and something I continuously have to choose to work on. One of my mentors, Chris Harder, his podcast is called For the Love of Money. That's been a huge shift. Jen Sicaro, her book, You Are a Badass at Making Money. That's a great book. If you're talking about relationship shift and like this guy, he spoke to my mastermind. He's amazing. His name is Mark Groves, but He's at create the love on Instagram. He's wonderful when it comes to relationships and makes you totally think about a lot of things. You know, there's just so many podcasts out there nowadays, so many books. I mean, I could give you, you know, a, a laundry list of books. You are a badass. Um, Think and Grow Rich. Um, you know, just so many things, but they're all focused in on something a little bit different. My whole thing is that I used to read about a book a week and listen to at least a podcast a day. And I'm, I'm, I'm so busy in this season of life. I call things seasons. Like right now I'm in an extremely busy season, but I think that seasons change and seasons come and go. So I'm just going to say that at this season, I'm, I'm not getting in my book a week, but I have so many books that I, I love. Um, Chop wood, carry water super easy book to read. You can read it in, you know, less than a day. And it, it just shifts your mind. I, I, I would tell anyone, I would encourage anyone, if you want to make changes in your life, you want to be happier, you want to change your mindset, learn, just be a sponge. And if you're talking negatively about yourself, remember that you're the number one person that is ever going to, to talk to you in your whole entire life. So if you at this moment, don't have you know, positive things to say about yourself, start listening to people that do put me on Instagram, I'd be happy to, you know, I'd be happy to teach you something each day, you know, come to one of my events, hire me for one on one coaching, or there's tons of podcasts, listen to your podcast. You know, there's just so many ways that you can educate yourself. And I think that like, we live in such an amazing time that there's so much free information online, a click of a button. 
Oh, that's a that's a lot of rich insight there. I'll make sure I put all that in the, uh, in, the in the in the show notes for everyone. You know, actually, I, I'm I'm curious that you left some breadcrumbs there for me. Is around you know the commanding your worth you mentioned earlier. Um, is you know obviously you guys are doing a variety. I won't uh, you know bore everyone right now with all the details, but there's some cool stuff you're doing. Um, I'll put the links there. But one of the things I saw, which I, I, I'm curious your thoughts on, because you are swamped with a lot of different things, as you mentioned in this season you're in. Are there certain daily routines that you have to do, or or things that if you, if you don't do, it's like oh, I kind of missed the the boat this day? Is there certain things that you try to do each and every day to stay consistent? And not only in your knowledge or discovery, but also to keep kind of moving the, uh, you know, putting the pedal to kind of the metal, so to speak. Oh, my God. Yes, Brian. I mean, I, I believe that's, you know, one of the things that I teach in this course is the fact that I believe daily routines are so, so, so important. I also believe that you can't get stuck in a routine. But at the same time, too, like the number one thing I do every single day before my feet hit the ground is say five things that I'm grateful for. Like the minute my alarm goes off my gratitude happens the minute my feet before my feet hit the ground. And then I also have like, I always make sure I have at least an hour in the morning that I call my quiet time. I do my daily devotionals. I do my gratitude. I do my goal setting for the day. I try not to do too much emails. I really try to make sure that that time is set for, you know, I do about three different books. I, I do a question of the day with my husband and I, we've been going back and forth on a, on a, a chain email for about three years, which is really cool. I do one for myself personally. I do my, my daily um, devotional, my gratitude journal, have my cup of coffee and really kind of get set for the day. Cause that puts me off on the right foot. You know, I, a lot of women, they say that like they wake up the minute their kids wake up. Well, what you're doing is you're getting on that hustle immediately when you wake up. And a lot of guys do it too. My husband used to be one who like set his alarm for like seven and was out the door by seven thirty. Well, that just doesn't set you up for a great day. I always try to get in some sort of physical activity too. I'm pretty darn good about my workout routines. I, I work out probably five to seven times a week. I mean, it's just something that I do, you know, it used to be almost like it was out of fear and lack. Like if I didn't, maybe I wouldn't look a certain way. I wouldn't get hired, blah, 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 the stories. But now it's for my mental. Now it's getting me set up. You know, I use the analogy all the time that they say on an airplane, when the oxygen must come down, you put it on you before you put it on anyone else. And that's exactly the same thing in life. Like when I have my morning daily ritual, my working out, my gratitude, my cup of coffee, whatever it is that gets me set for that day, that's me putting on my oxygen mask. So I am able to, to, to live the best, highest vibration, the most authentic Christina, the most powerful Christina that I can show up for this day. You know, I cherish sleep. Sleep is one of the most, you know, self-care items that I need. I, I wake up between four and five in the morning. Well, if you do the math on what it takes to have seven or eight hours of sleep, I go to bed by nine o'clock each night. That may sound super lame to some people, but for myself, it sets me up to have a really great day the next day. That's no, that's really good advice on that. I like, I like the plane analogy there. That's really cool. I've never heard that before. Um, cool. I want you to share one of the last things here is because this is actually when I, um, I, I had Tisha on episode 16, I think, and, you know, follow her and stuff like that. And I saw this, the yeah. whole women with class mastermind that you guys did. 
And yeah. that seemed like an absolute blast, um, you know, to be a fly in the wall there probably. Can you share with everyone what that is? And, and again, not just what it is, but why was that important for you to start or, or get, you know, kind of get started, I guess the best way to say it, what, in terms of your journey in this path on your, uh, in your career? Oh my God, that was, that has been one of the most pivotal things that have ever happened in my life. And I'm so grateful for it. It's still on my gratitude journal every morning, you know, for so many years, I have attended, you know, retreats and um, mentors and coaches and masterminds and all of those things. And most people don't even know what a mastermind is unless you're digging into this. But a mastermind is basically putting like-minded individuals together to accelerate growth. And there's, it's a long story on why I felt like this one just needed to be women only. And class is an acronym for so many things. Like I could go on and on and on. We have, you can find all the information on my women with class mastermind. My 2019 application is actually out. You can send me a direct message on Instagram. That's where I ha hang out the most. My website is ChristinaLicure.com and you can go backslash mastermind. But anyway, the mastermind was a group of women coming together to accelerate growth in business, relationships, and self-care. Those were the three main topics of our mastermind. And yes, it did look like fun. And yes, it was in a big, beautiful mansion. And we got, you know, wonderful um, service and all massages and uh, gift bags worth, you know, close to $700. But really, it was the most instrumental three days in some of these women's lives. And they will tell you that they walked in the door as one person and they walked out the door as another human, a person who is vibrating on another level. People, these women are going to be tied together forever. And I mean, they have just grown exponentially because they're putting in the work. They're being vulnerable. They're being authentic. They're accountable to one another. I had speakers, you know, speakers who have 500,000 followers. Um, I had an author of a book. I have a person who business-wise does, you know, multiple seven figures each year. You know, there is just, there's so much value added. And one of the reasons why a mastermind is so important is because you are surrounding yourself with people who think alike, who level up, who are wanting you to succeed. I believe that that's one of the things that women, we need to be stronger about and really be more passionate about is lifting each other up, inspiring one another, being happy for each other's successes. You know, a lot of people in, in just the world that we live in, we, we want people to succeed. And then when they get there, they, we want them to fall. And it's just this craziness. And my theory is, is that I want all of these women to be kicking my butt in every single aspect of life, because I want to be inspired by them. I want to help them as much as I can help them. But I want all of us to help each other rise and accomplish and be the, the best version of ourselves that we can be in business relationships and self-care. And it was the most incredible experience. And that's the reason why I'm doing it again for 2019. There's an application process. It's, you know, I want to know what, why you're there. And I want to know that you are going to be the best fit for these women. And I was so, so blessed and fortunate last year of the women that were a part of this group and 2019 is going to be even, even better. I don't know how it could possibly be, but I know it would be. And, you know, the online course that I have is just a taste of, you know, getting into those routines, changing that mindset. Next year, I plan on having a weekend retreat with some speakers 
same thing. It's going to be called just be, you know, my Instagram is be Christina and I want to inspire people to just be themselves and live at the highest vibration that they can possibly be. You know, one of the things that pushed me as I heard this on a podcast a long time ago, you know, when you die and God shows you who you could possibly be, I would have been so pissed had I died six years ago because I would not have been close to that human. So each day I'm trying to strive to be the best version of Christina that I can possibly be, whether that's be Christina the golfer, be Christina the speaker, be Christina the wife, be Christina the friend, whatever that is. And that's that's what I try to encourage everyone to be is just be the highest version of themselves that they can possibly be. Well, that's pretty incredible. And it's quite a journey you're on, which is uh, kind of neat. You've had this discovery, especially over the last, uh, you know, half a dozen years or so. Um, yeah. Any, is there any, um, I, I guess, parting words, final quotes, uh, something to leave the audience with anything you can think of that, uh, that you'd like to say kind of as a, as a final thought? Uh, just thank you for having me on today. I mean, I, as you can tell, I kind of get a little passionate about this stuff and I, uh, you know, if you want to follow me, um, like I said, I'm B Christina on Instagram. That's where I kind of hang out the most. I try to respond to everyone, you know, within a, a good time frame. You know, I just I'm trying to be authentic and vulnerable and um, as educational as I can possibly be. And I, that requires me to be consistently learning and trying to be, you know, open as much as possible in order to make people realize that you know, this life is very, 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 very short. And like, why not live a life that you absolutely love instead of just living life? Christina, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today and uh, really enjoyed hearing your story and, uh, and getting some, uh, Thanks, obviously friend. some solid insight and, and feedback from you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Well, thanks again for everyone for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And as always, um, if you want to find me online, uh, check out my website, uh, brianondraco.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-O-N-D-R-A-K-O.com. Also on Instagram and Twitter, at brianondraco. Find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, hope to connect with you guys. Um, any questions you have, feedback, please let me know. If you do get a chance and have been enjoying the uh, episodes, um, certainly would love if you left a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you listen on. And hope to get a chance to connect with you guys further down the road. Have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll see you soon. Take care.